Isaiah 53, verses 1 to 12 then. That's on um, page 735. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of the dry ground? He has no beauty or majesty to attract us, or attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that uh, we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we heard him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought upon us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We're all like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is, is, is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet he of this generation, yet who of his generation protested for his cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of many people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and he will be the Lord. He will be, and he will of the Lord will prosper in his land after he has suffered he will see the light of his life and be satisfied by his knowledge, my righteousness. Servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great and I will divide the spoils of the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors for he bore the sin of many and made the intercession for the transgressors. And then we're over to 1 Peter 2, on page 122, verse, verse 2, uh, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live by righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Friends, as we come under God's word, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that no one loves us like you. There is no one kinder than you. And we ask in your love and kindness today that your word will penetrate the depths of our heart. And none of us would leave without knowing your blessing. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
When my eldest brother was 12 years old, I have three brothers, my eldest brother was 12 years old, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. The doctor told my mum and dad there's nothing could be, could be done at all. Uh, they said, uh, my doctor said to my dad, the best thing you can do for my brother is you go take him home, make him as comfortable as possible so that he can die with the least amount of pain. I don't think any of us want to hear those words, you have cancer, do we? No one wants to be told that they have a disease that if left untreated will actually cut them off from everything they love and everything that's worth living for. But that's exactly the diagnosis that God gives to each one of us here this morning. We all suffer from a spiritual disease. And if it's left untreated, it cuts us off from everything that's worth living for. God tells us through his word, the Bible, that our souls are actually diseased by sin. Now, sin is often described as kind of those acts like lying or jealousy and violence and so forth. In reality, those acts are better described as the fruit of sin. See, what lies at the root of all evil is our unwillingness to believe in God. Our unwillingness to believe that he is a loving creator of all things. Our unwillingness to believe that he is the rightful ruler of the entire universe and indeed that we owe everything to him. In our unbelief, we become masters of our own destiny. We see this all around us. We decide what's right and wrong. We decide what's good and evil. We decide who and what we will worship. And in doing this, what we do is we reject God's rightful rule over our lives and we actually replace it with self-rule. Friends, our unwillingness to believe in God is at the heart of sin. And one of the reasons why sin is a terminal disease is that it enslaves us. It's a disease, it actually paralyzes our understanding so that we struggle to know the difference between right and wrong. It weakens our will for good and strengthens it for evil. Sin breaks down your moral energy and so for some people they scarcely have a conscience. The more a person sins or rejects God, the less they are conscious of a wrong they do. And the result of sin, it leaves us miserable. It promises everything, but it gives us nothing. We exist in sin, but we don't truly live. And another reason why sin is a terminal disease is that according to God's word, the Bible, it makes us objects of God's wrath and judgment. There's a book in the Bible called Ephesians, and God says in that book, that the very nature of sin leads a person to experience God's just judgment. And the reason why God must judge sin is that he by nature is holy. He is perfect. He is righteous. He is righteous. And, and a perfect, holy and righteous God cannot endure our immoral rejection of his rightful rule over our lives. And so in his holiness, God puts sin and a sinner away from his presence. 
God will not live with them. They cannot live with the Lord. And what that means is, is sin deprives us from fellowship with a living, good, righteous and glorious God, both now and for eternity. In short, sin deprives you of those joys that turns life, rather it turns existence into a life. Now you may be asking me this morning, why am I talking about such things? Why am I talking about things that are so unpleasant? This is Good Friday. Why do we need to hear about sin or death or disease or judgment? Well, friends, I've spoken to you of these unpleasant things so I can set before you the wonderful cure to our disease. Let me reread to you the verse that Jeff read out for us this morning in 1 Peter. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Friends, this verse is of great news and of importance because it tells us there is a cure to our spiritual disease. By his wounds, you have been healed. What God is telling us through his word here is that through Christ's death wounds, because that's what they are, our souls can be completely healed from the disease of sin. What are the death wounds of Christ? In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they are, they are revealed before us in, in, in all their horror. We read that Christ Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, his body and mind, is, he shares in a grief that we can't really fully describe because we're told that Jesus in the garden, knowing what's ahead of him, he's sweating drops of blood. He's betrayed by his friends. He's deserted by his disciples. He's carried off into the middle of the night to be questioned by religious leaders who are corrupt and evil. And this, the Son of God, no less. There he is taken before Herod, whipped so brutally that his flesh is torn away. The Son of God being brutalised. But this is just the beginning. Christ Jesus, both a God-man, is sentenced to die by crucifixion. He suffers the greatest injustice that has or ever will be experienced by anyone in the history of the world. The soldiers in charge of him curse him. They mock him. They spared Jesus no pain. They made him carry his own cross until they thought that by doing so he would die on the road. That would free him from the pain of suffering the crucifixion. So they call upon Simon and they, he carries the cross for him. They strip him of his clothes, throw him down, nail him to a cross. How awful must have been the torment caused by those nails being piercing the most delicate parts of someone's hands and feet. And there is the Son of God who has no beginning and no end, hanging on a cross, a spectacle before God and men. And all the while, as we are told in the Gospel, his enemies stood around pointing at him in ridicule, mocking him, gloating over his sufferings. Then the Lord cries out, we are told, it is finished. 
to describe the physical death wounds of the Lord is not easy. I've only touched upon them, but if I were to begin to describe the suffering of Christ's soul, it's near impossible. While his physical suffering is horrifying, it's his soul that was at the heart of his suffering. Because when Jesus is nailed to the cross, he endured what no one else has ever endured. Here is the perfect Son of God being forsaken by the perfect eternal Father. That's why Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This was the most painful cry in the history of the world. God the Father turns his back on the sin and sinner and consequently upon Jesus because he's been made sin for us. In fact, we read in another book of the Bible these words from Corinthians. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. At the cross, Jesus is standing in our place. He's taking our sin upon himself. He's being punished because of our belief, our unbelief, rather. Friends, by this indescribable act of obedience, love and sacrifice, by these death wounds, Christ is able to heal our diseased souls. See, as a risen son of God, he has all authority to free us from the penalty of our sin because his death wins us forgiveness. And as a risen son of God, he is able to free us from the power of our sin for his death breaks the power of our unbelief. Friends, the Lord Jesus Christ is the doctor of your soul. And when he heals you, you are healed completely. No longer paralysed in your understanding from right and wrong. Freed to rise up to a life of godliness and holiness. When Christ heals you, no longer are you enslaved by the sinful desires of your heart. You love God, you love others and you long for his holiness. Instead of the misery of doing wrong, there's the joy of doing right. No longer are you under the penalty of sin, which is death and judgment. You are now condemned in Christ. And so there's no condemnation, no punishment, no separation in hell for those who are in Christ Jesus. Freed from sin's power, freed from sin's penalty, and freed to draw near to the living God. When Jesus heals our diseased souls, the troubles of life lose their weight. The joy of living returns and the fear of death, it no longer enslaves us. Friends, if you are unwilling to have Christ heal you, sin will be the death of you. It will be the death of your peace, the death of your joy, the death of your prospects, the death of your hopes, the death of everything that is worth having and living for. After my father and mother got the news of my older brother's disease, as you can imagine, they were devastated. My dad tells me that when he drove home from the hospital, he actually just went through red lights. He couldn't comprehend what's happened. My parents prayed and prayed, and one evening... My father was working the night shift 
at the place he worked. And he got a phone call from the doctor who was treating my brother. And he, the doctor said, Mr. Summers, Mr. Summers, bring your son in the hospital tomorrow morning. I think we've found a way we can heal him. And they did. They pioneered a surgery that saved his life and the lives of many young people after him. Friends, the, sin of, the, the, the disease of sin is terminal apart from the healing of the Lord Jesus. He is the doctor for your soul. He has pioneered the way through his death and resurrection to heal your soul. By the wounds of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are healed. Please hear God's word this morning. He heals you by forgiving you completely. Not only are your sins forgiven, they're forgotten, washed away, no more guilt, no more shame. He frees you from sin's power. No longer are you enslaved by evil, but you rise up to a life of godliness, and there is your happiness. And he frees you from sin's penalty. No longer do you live under judgment. You are actually declared righteous. Christ makes your heart tender to walk on that path of righteousness. I need to ask you this morning, have you experienced the healing power of Jesus? Have you experienced forgiveness? Have you been set free? If not, then I, I encourage you, implore you, come to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Come to the one who promises to heal you through his death wounds. Turn your heart away from unbelief. That's what Christ requires. Put your faith in him. Trust in him to not only save you from your sin, but to transform your life. He will transform you. He promises to. Come to Jesus and humble yourself. Confess your need for his healing. He will never turn you away. And if you don't believe me, read through the Gospels. Did Jesus Christ ever turn away anyone who came to him? Never. It's the same Jesus we worship today. He will cover your guilt, cover your shame, and give you life. He never turns away anyone who comes to him for healing in life, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've become, no matter who you are. Because it's by his wounds you are healed. His death you have life. And his suffering that we are freed. May each of us here this morning experience such power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me lead you in prayer. Father, in the thought that everyone loses everything, we are so blessed to know that we'll never lose you. We thank you that one day we will die, but indeed we will live in Christ. We thank you for the glorious hope that we have in your son today. Father, may that hope govern our lives to a deeper faith, a deeper holiness, a deeper humility, a deeper spiritual mindfulness that we will experience the joy you promise and manifest 
the glory of your name. And we ask this in your name. Amen.